my high schoolers in our gathering time and they stay there for the whole time. And right now it's about an hour and a half. And so that pressure that they have to get the rest of their work done. But that even being said, we've always done it. I've always said, if I have to let something go, it's not going to be our gathering time. This is foundational to our day. This is Your Morning Basket, where we help you bring truth, goodness, and beauty to your homeschool day. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 112 of the Your Morning Basket podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and I'm so happy you're joining me today. Well, today's topic is something that moms know all too well. How do you have faith in the messy middle that morning time is actually going to bear fruit? We spend so much time doing these beautiful subjects when the world tells us that we really should be focusing on things like STEM and moving forward in mathematics and working on writing skills. And don't get me wrong, those are all very important things, but how do we know that this music appreciation and reading these wonderful stories and looking at beautiful pieces of art are actually going to make a difference in our kids? And, you know, it's it's a real concern. And so today I'm joined on the podcast by two moms, uh, my good friend, Heather Tully, and then a, f- a new friend, a friend of Heather's. Her name is Brittany Bailey. And so what we've tried to do is we've tried to approach this question from multiple What we've tried to do is approach this question from multiple perspectives, because Heather has been doing morning time for quite a long time, Brittany a much shorter time, and I fall somewhere in the middle. And so we all have different perspectives and different things to say, and I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. Brittany Bailey is a homeschool mom of four, ranging in age from two all the way up to nine. She first heard about morning time back when her eldest was two years old and has since been experimenting with all the many ways to include it in her homeschool. She's been enjoying the fruits of this sometimes desperate and slapdash gathering of little souls. Heather Tully is a mom of 10 kids who's been practicing morning time in her home for over 18 years. As a documentary photographer, she seeks to capture the wonder in everyday life. You can find her online at heathertullyphotography.com where she shares her work and the photos of her family from their Georgia home. And Heather is also the co-author of our brand new book, Gather, exploring the wonder, wisdom, and worship of learning at home. Heather and Brittany, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us, Pam. Hey, Pam. Okay, so I also have to say, Brittany was one of the families who was photographed for the Gather book as well. So, Brittany, what was that experience like, having Heather come and like stick a camera in your face all day? Oh, it wasn't quite like that. Uh, I know Heather very well. She's a dear friend. And so it was, it was quite nice and a real, a real gift. We just did our thing and she snuck around the perimeter and took some amazing pictures that I will always cherish. Yeah. I have to say that like having Heather come into your home to take pictures is probably one of the least intrusive things ever. Like you think, oh, this is going to be so strange having somebody in my house taking pictures, but she does such a good job at like sneaking around and, uh, (laughs) 
being unobtrusive and dealing with all of the issues that happen to come up with your children on the day that she comes to take the pictures? <laughs> well, some experience. So. <laughs> There's a lot less pressure. I think. <laughs> I think so. So yeah, Heather, I guess you do have uh, quite a bit of experience dealing with just about any issue that any child could throw out there, huh? You know, a few times before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, let's start with Heather. Tell us a little bit. Uh, you've been on the podcast a couple of times before. Tell us, uh, just remind listeners a little bit about you and your homeschool. Yeah, so we have 10 children and now we have two graduated and this year I'll be graduating my third. So um, down to age four, we have nine kids home and this year I homeschooled seven. So it shifted a little bit through the years. It's nice to have two done and um, eight to go. We have a Charlotte Mason focus in our homeschooling. Um, We have a co-op and Brittany is one of those families that we meet weekly to gather for lessons. Um, So we have that community, which is really nice. And we meet twice a month for nature walks. Um, So I've, I've loved it. We've done morning time since my oldest was three. So I I think this year is year 19. So I, it's been a part of our life almost from the beginning um, and a a big solid foundation to our homeschooling days. Um, So I laugh, I've got 19 years done and I think I have 16 years to go. (laughs) Okay. I was going to ask you, have you ever done the math and figured out like the grand total number of years if you homeschool all the way out, how many will it be? Maybe a little over 30, I think 33 or something. So it'll... I'm about halfway. I'm at that halfway point right now. So, so like they say homeschooling's a marathon, not a sprint, but you're like doing the mega marathon. <laughs> so it's a good thing. It's a life, right? It's a yeah. life, <laughs> but I love it. I've loved every minute of it. And, and now that some of them are gone, you just cherish it even more. Yeah. And I love being alongside of them. So I'm really grateful the Lord brought us to this path. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Okay, Brittany. Now this is your first time being, a. I mean, being on the show (laughs) instead of being a victim. Um, tell us a little bit about your homeschool. Well, so my husband and I were homeschooled growing up. And so when we time for us to make a decision for our own children, it came pretty naturally. Um, his older siblings had been homeschooling before we got into that, um, season of our life. So we'd seen it done very well. And pretty early, probably when my oldest was two, I came across Ambleside Online, which is a free Charlotte Mason curriculum and sort of started dabbling. And I think since then have really settled, uh, put some roots down in the Charlotte Mason philosophy. I met Heather about the same time I found Ambleside and saw her implementing some of those principles in her much larger school. And so that has been a constant source of encouragement and, you know, along the way. So I love it. And what a, what a wonderful, valuable resource that you have in Heather. So that's awesome. Well, let's talk about a little bit about morning time. So you guys have, I mean, Heather, you've been doing morning time for years and years and Brittany, you have as well, ever since those preschool days with your oldest, have you ever had any fears or worries that spending your valuable school time on morning time would be a waste of time? Not at first. 
at first, morning time was um, an amazing way to, to do preschool and kindergarten. I loved it. Uh, it was very natural. Um, as we sort of added more, started adding more children to our homeschool, and then those younger ones started growing up, and we started into the grade school, and I think maybe some panic started setting in. <laughs> um, I started wondering, like, okay, how am I supposed to tell them everything they need to know? And, you know, how is, how is this really supposed to work? So um, that's when I started wondering, you know, but really morning time continues to sort of check this panic induced methodology of, you know, trying to teach them, you know, under some horrible compulsion that it's, you know, it's up to me and I I need immediate tangible outcomes, you know, with workbooks and tests and Mm -hmm. spending time sitting down doing the thing as long as it takes to finish the thing. So yes, I, I have had fears and sort of have to work through those regularly still, even now. Yeah, I, you know, and and I'm very much the same way. I've struggled, especially in the beginning with some of those fears as I think you're right. I think a lot of it comes from uh, it's easy when your day is easy, but the more kids you add to your homeschool and the more phonics lessons you have to teach and the more math pages that you have to get through with all of these different kids. I think a lot of times that that's where the questioning comes up. Uh, What did you find, Heather? Yeah, I was thinking through this and I've never questioned its importance. Mm -hmm. That new, I I think because we started out with just, we started out with simply reading scripture together, singing a hymn, doing some poetry and some catechism. And it was, so it was very short And it had such a biblical basis, which was really important to our family culture. So I knew it was important, but fitting it in through the years, I've definitely struggled. There's been moments where the day feels so short and how do you fit it in, or especially with high schoolers, because my high schoolers in our gathering time and they stay there for the whole time. And right now it's about an hour and a half. And so that pressure that they have to get the rest of their work done. Um, but that even being said, we've always done it. I've always said, if I have to let something go, it's not going to be our gathering time. It, this, this is foundational to our day. But it's definitely, there's been bumps. Um, we had a very busy baby one year. Um, red hair, everybody can smile and know who that is. Little Catherine. Um, and she, I couldn't do morning time with her. So we had to shift it to after time when dad could keep her busy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I haven't questioned its importance, but how to fit it in has been the hard part has been the tricky, tricky part. Yeah. Has yours like fluctuated? You mentioned moving it to a different time of day and, and you even mentioned it being an hour and a half and you know, I do probably almost an hour and a half of morning time with my kids each day now. And I have some high schoolers, but you know, my kids are all close in age together. So there's like things that we can really do together to uh, kind of alleviate some of their concerns. Like, okay, this is a big chunk of your content area subjects for the day. But uh, have you found that your morning time has fluctuated in how much time you spend through the years? Because I can remember when my oldest went into sixth grade, me thinking, okay, 
this hour and a half long, almost two hour long morning time. So now she's got these classes. We were in a co-op at the time. She's got these classes that she's got to prepare for, for co-op in a way that she never has before. We're not going to be able to do this as long so that she can prepare for that outside activity. You know, that was also something we wanted to participate in. It was a choice we were making. Have you found that yours has fluctuated some through the years? Yeah, it it for sure has fluctuated. Um, During football season, when I had a senior playing football, we couldn't spend an hour and a half because he needed to get his schoolwork done. And so we shortened it that year to 45 minutes to give him some extra time. Um, After a baby, it's shorter when you've got a tiny one sitting at the table. So we would do, there's been a season where we did our morning time and then we did an afternoon time. And so we just kept it at a shorter 20, 30 minutes twice a day. So I kind of try to look at the beginning school year. What are those outside obligations? Um, Are they taking outside classes out of the home? And kind of look at our schedule and determine then how long. But I try to keep us at our morning gathering as long as possible. Um, So about an hour and a half is kind of our cap. um, because I still have toddlers, been many seasons where it had to be much shorter. And maybe it's just one term of it being shorter. And then we can go back to the longer morning time. Yeah. Um, how long is yours? I, I'm trying to remember. Well, it depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a valid answer right there. It really is. I have no expectations. That's good. Um, but, yeah. but I mean, an hour. I like, I mean, sometimes the older ones like to sit there as long as possible, but we, I have a two-year-old and a six-year-old and, you know, they, they do not sit as long and sometimes they're louder than other times. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Have, having that flexibility, I think, helps it not become rigid. Yeah. And if it's rigid, then no one's enjoying it. It's not living when it's rigid and mom is grumpy and the kids are grumpy. So I think being flexible is key. Yeah, I think a, a lot of times people get in their heads when they when they get online and they start reading the blog post and even listening to the podcast about morning time and they think this is like, you know, Pam Barnhill does, you know, gets up every day and does morning time and starts at the same time every day and it lasts exactly the same length of time and she does it every single day of the week and she never misses a day. And that could not be farther from the truth. You know, we are like pretty darn consistent with our morning time, but It is not always the same amount of time. There have been days, uh, Heather can attest to this, (laughs) where I've just like looked at them and said, okay, we're done. Like, like, you people are just, your behavior is atrocious. I'm just finished with you for the day. Um, It's not the same amount of time. It's, It's not always every single day of the week, sometimes by plan, sometimes not by plan, but it's consistent enough, you know. Uh, we do it most days, I think, would be the the best way to describe it. Yeah. It's a good yeah. way. Okay, so let's talk about this. We've kind of touched a little bit on how this can be hard <laughs> sometimes. Um, so what motivates you to trust the process and to continue to do it? And Brittany, I'm going to start with you because you're fairly early on in the process. Okay, so... <laughs> I've come to realize that whatever is required of me and my children, uh, we all need a rhythm to do it yeah. well. 
and the rhythm that morning time brings and the benefits of taking really small bites consistently has become a way for us to pursue an education regardless of the season. The season, like every time you have a new baby, that season, it's like two years of, it's not chaos, but it's definitely unpredictable. <laughs> um, so the, ryth- the rhythm helps the children know that, um, to know what it's expected of them and the rest of our homeschool. And I've seen, um, I've seen that. So, you know, you can think, I guess they can know when to listen to when mom reads loud, or, you know, this is the part when we take our colors out and we draw what we hear or um, look quietly, speak and turn, you know, just these small little lessons that we can sort of establish with that rhythm gently. And, and that sort of transfers into the rest, you know, the rest of the day, the rest of our schooling, you know, as we do have more grades, And then the small bites, just a brief presentation of a dozen thoughts or subjects through um, poetry, memory, you know, history and artist or composer study. And then doing that on rotation, just for us, it's a couple of times a week, not not every day. Um, But these things are not only digestible, um, but it is so sustainable. And it's it's just been really good for us when there's so many physical needs and tiny attention spans that would otherwise just completely overcome my efforts in this area, you know? Yeah. You know, you touched on the fact that you can cover so much. Uh, when I sit and look at our morning time and I see there's it, well, you know, going back to like Charlotte Mason and spreading the feast, there's this, like, we never eat just one kind of food in morning time. There's so many different things that we can touch on in that compact period of time. And so just the fact that we're able to be exposed to so many different things uh, in something that we just call like one single time a day. I don't know. It's just kind of a blossoming thing for me. It's like this bouquet of great, lovely, wonderful things. And why would I not want to have it in my school day? Um, So I think that's one of the things that keeps me going with it, even in days that it's hard. It's like we just accomplish so much and we enjoy so much and we're exposed to so much beauty through this practice. And so I think it's one of the things that really motivates me, even when I sometimes feel like it would just be easier to give everybody their own little book and send them off on their way. So Heather, what about you? Well, you all touched on such great things. Um, I've graduated a few and that helps me trust the process is I've seen, I've seen the fruit of this gathering time in their lives and a few of them have even commented of the fruit of, I'm really glad we read this or we sang these songs. Um, and so that is very encouraging as a mom to, to, when you can look back and take stock of what you've done, like you said, all these things that we have feasted on as a family, and it's such a large amount that we wouldn't have been able to cover if they were all doing it individually. And so that really helps me to trust the process. I think learning from other mamas, um, you know, we all know Cindy Rollins reading her blog and then listening to her and hearing her testimony and her wisdom. Yeah. That is such an encouragement to us who are in the midst of it. Um 
it just, it's encouraging to hear of these mamas who were faithful and who graduated their children. Um, That gives me a lot of hope. And then I think, like you had mentioned, seeing that bouquet, and I trust the process because I'm in the midst of feasting with them. And I wouldn't want to miss this. If I handed a book to a big kid, and it's multiple children, I wouldn't get to read all those things. So if I read it aloud, we're all feasting and I get to feast on it. So, you know, this morning time, this gathering time is as much for me as it is for the children. And so, uh, yeah, it, that's why something has to go. It can't be, <laughs> it can't be mama's, <laughs> mama's book. It has to stay. Um, it's such a delight. Because often this is the first time I've read these books. It's the first time I've learned about these composers. Um, it's the first time I've sung these hymns or folk songs. And so that's really enjoyable to do that alongside of them. I love that because you're right. I mean, it's just seeing the joy that you take in it yourself and the and the fruit that it bears in you. I, I'm, I was struck by those photographs of Cindy in the book, uh, mm-hmm. where she's sitting there still doing morning time, you know, even after all of her children have graduated from her home, she still gets up and does her own morning time each day. And she's not the only one. There are other homeschool moms who also still do, uh, still do their own morning time each day. And just that idea of, I know what it's doing for me. So mm-hmm. therefore it's, it's, got to be doing the same things for my kids as well. And I would be remiss if I did not mention all of the moms who reach out uh, to us via email or social media or uh, in our community or something like that, and who tell us the stories of the changes um, Mm. that they see morning time bringing in their own home um, and give us the stories of, you know, kind of their despair at what their homeschool was like before they tried this. And then they try it and it's like, wow, this is so life-giving. This is so wonderful. And, you know, I can't take credit for that. Maybe Cindy could take credit for that. We'll give Cindy credit for that, (laughs) you know, but like that somebody came up with this idea. Somebody came up with this thing that is just, and Cindy wouldn't take credit for you. She would tell you uh, no, but it's like, this is the thing that's changing lives every single day. And I don't know, when you have enough people tell you that, when you hear all of those stories, it's like, wow, this is really making an impact. It's really making a difference. Mm-hmm. The efficiency of gathering with multiple children is, is beautiful, especially the more children you have. When I can read a history book once instead of multiple times, that's awesome. Or when I can cover grammar (laughs) one time a day because it's not my cup of tea, it's great. Let's get grammar done. But the building of relationships, um, that connecting as a family, that's, that's what brings us back. That's what makes me put the effort in, um, seeing their relationships grow through regular time together. I want to trade it for the world. And I now know how quickly it, it goes. <laughs> yeah. Very, you know, when you're in the midst of it, it feels like it's going to take forever. And on those hard days, it's hard to see the end, but the end comes really fast. And so I just cherish those times when we can get together. Um, I don't take it for granted. We're not 
we're not guaranteed to always have our children. And so I want to be really mindful that I'm cherishing these moments. And I think when we're all around a table and we're learning the same things and, and singing and delighting in things together, that just builds relationship at a totally different level than if everybody was off to their own corner of the house. Um, yeah. I love the stories that we share together. Just the fact that we're all kind of reading the same thing and talking about the same books and we have that shared knowledge. I don't know. It, it, I think it draws us closer together as a family than if everybody were off in their own space reading separate things all the time. You know, even if there's, there's always something to, well, I read that book three years ago and I remember that one and it's, it's good, but it, it's totally different than uh, reading it all together, I think, and having that opportunity to, to share that story at the same time, you know? I agree. Yeah. So what, a, uh, Brittany, can you think of a story or example when you were able to see clearly that the time that you spent in morning time was worth it? Yes. Uh, this one is from this week. Um, actually, uh, we've had <clears throat> sort of a season of extended sickness in our household. So, you know, we've sort of been taking school. Uh, it's just sort of been like school with a limp. Um, and gathering time has really. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Hold on. That is awesome. <laughs> we didn't stop. We were just a little crippled. Um, so our gather t- our gathering time has really suffered uh, with its members languishing in like a pile of pillows or sore throats or, you know, faces buried in boogers and blankies. And, you know, just <laughs> we have so been there. Yeah. Pretty abounding. So participation has been limited and hardly enthusiastic. Uh, but this week, this week was the first in about six weeks that we had a regular gathering with this sort of full offering of subjects that I keep on rotation. Um, I went into it with very low expectations. I didn't remember anything about where we left off and I did not expect them to remember. So in this rather gloomy frame of mind, I I called for morning time and y'all, they remembered um, like it was almost a reflex to grab their pencil and a notebook Mm -hmm. and to go sit in the living room. And they each like grabbed one of their favorite books out of the morning time basket. And they were like, mom, are we ever going to read these again? (laughs) You know, they were meeting an old friend and, you know, and as we did read them again, they remembered every detail from the last thing we covered and every story, poem and song. Um, Nothing had been lost in those weeks away from these subjects. They were excited to continue. And, you know, we picked up where we left off. So my adult brain was panicking. You know, I was just thinking about backtracking and lost time and the confusion, uh, confusion, you know, and the misery that was probably going to befall us. But um, I was reminded their child's mind is capable of so much more than I often expect of them. And there is value, I think, in those small bites that I offer. They are being taken and digested um, such that, you know, we're still able to talk about so many ideas weeks after, you know, we had, you know, first uh, met them, you know. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. When my youngest was five, uh, we went into the uh, summer and we just stop everything in the summer. We don't, we don't do anything. We don't do morning time. We don't do anything that smacks of school for at least the month of June. Uh, It's gotten harder as they get older. Now we kind of have to take July off as well. Um, But when they were little, it was the month of June. So we could go do vacation Bible school and, and things like that. And I remember him 
uh, looking at me one night, we I was laying down with him before bed and he says, mom, why don't we do morning time anymore? And I said, well, because, you know, we don't do school in the summer. And he's like, well, morning time's not school. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> so you just enjoy it so much. You love it so much that it's, you know, it's not something that you would consider uh, school. It's just something that you enjoy doing every day. So that anticipation that they have now, I'm not going to tell you it's like that anymore as teenagers, but um the anticipation that little children have. I love it so much. So Heather, what about you? Yeah, I had, I had two, one just happened last night. So I'll share that one. Um, last night I had a, a big boy, um, a big, almost man, um, doing kitchen duty on his own. And I heard him humming and singing some hymns and folk songs that we have been doing this mm-hmm. year, you know, and so often those big kids, especially when you're the only big boys at a co-op full of a lot of little ones, (laughs) they don't participate with the most gusto. And I wonder sometimes, you know, how much are they getting? And when he's humming and singing it to himself, when he's in the kitchen alone, that to me was a testimony that this is good stuff. Like this is this is getting inside. They're thinking on it. They just might not express it the same way. And so that was so encouraging um, last night, especially because it was a boy doing it. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> This mama needed to hear that. And then the other story I have is, so our oldest um, is graduating this year from college with an English major. And um, one of her professors this past semester mentioned to her that she was so well-read. And he said to her, "Um, you must have had the most literary rich childhood. And he was just blown away by the things that we had read as a family or that she had been given. But most of those things we had read aloud. Mm -hmm. That was just really neat to hear. And I was like, yeah, if all the things, there's a lot of things I hope for my children, but I hope it's literary rich. I hope it's a feast of ideas that we're giving them. And so that was really neat that he was able to see that. Um, That was one of those moments, you know, you don't, you don't homeschool them for those moments, but it's kind of neat when those kinds of things happen. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's nice to get the validation every now and then. (laughs) <laughs> for sure. Okay, it does really work. <laughs> doing it for that, but it, it it's helpful to have it. So that was really neat to hear. There's always things you want to go back and redo and wish you had done better. But God is really good to encourage us mamas that just just continue giving those little bites like what Brittany said because it adds up over time. <laughs> Yeah, very much so. You know, it's interesting. uh, We were reading, talking about the idea of reading things together versus reading things alone. And so my oldest for sure has read all of the Narnia books. Um, And then my second child has been exposed to more, but probably not all. Actually, in fact, I know not all um, because the one we're reading right now, he has not read before. And then uh, my youngest had read none of the Narnia books. So, okay, it's time, 
we're going to read all of the Narnia books together in morning time this year. And, you know, it's review, like some of them have heard them before, but we've never all heard them together. And so uh, right now we're in a horse and his boy. And we were, uh, we start morning time by watching uh, CNN 10. We do our current events for the day. And we were watching all the events on the, on the news. And right now, as we're recording this podcast, we're, you know, a little, probably about a week into the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And so we had been watching that on the news and we're reading a horse and his boy. And there was a line in there and I'm not going to get it exactly, but that talked about a larger country moving in on a smaller neighboring country and taking over. And I'm reading those words out loud. And my daughter just, she like gasps. She's like, (gasps) and she looks at me and I finished the sentence and she's like, mom, (laughs) that's like Russia and the Ukraine. And I'm like, wow, how much that this comes out right now. And she's making that connection. And then we all, you know, talked about this and how this was just such an interesting little tidbit where our literature was actually speaking to the current events of the day and what was going on. And it was like, wow, these are the kind of connections that I don't know that they would be making if they were sitting off in their room reading it by themselves, but we certainly wouldn't have the opportunity to talk about it um, like we did if we weren't all sitting here together. And so I love seeing them make those connections you know, during that time. And often those connections happen, like you said, just very organically. And so I think when you can do a wide feast and you can, you know, read, read across several forms, not just literature, but history and science and they, they do start talking to each other. It's really exciting to see connections I didn't catch the first time I read a book, but the second time when I go to read it aloud, um, it, it's it's really neat how the Lord works those connections out. Yes, very much so. And we, we had a whole conversation the other day about reading aloud and why we do it. And that was one of the things that came up, that idea of, uh, you know, that Andrew Pudawa talks about when you read silently, you chunk things and you don't get every single thing, you tend to skim over it really quickly. And so by reading that aloud, uh, you do get kind of dig down into some of those things. Like they're they're more noticeable, I think, when you read them aloud sometimes than when you read them yourself. So it's easier to hear. So very much so. Any other fruits that you would like to, to bring out and talk about that you've seen from morning time through the years? Well, I think we might have already touched on it, but I I think consistently I've seen that it sets the tone of our mm-hmm. day. Yeah, um, I think we've sort of I think we've sort of established that. But when they have sort of started the day, you know, it is for us. They know at school, you know, that's how we start school. We just do our morning time. But we have all these common interests and you know these conversations. We've just come off of that, you know, with our our morning time, and they're kind of ready. They they have this yeah. ex. They're sort of oriented um, and they're like ready to go on to their piano practice or, you know, they're not like hiding from math, you know, they're like <laughs> waiting for me, you know, they're like, this is what we're going to do. And there's a lot less of me, um, you know, like corralling wayward children or explaining to them what, what we're about to do. And that's something I, I sort of have a tendency of just 
you know, I get into a bad habit of explaining everything. Okay, this is how your life is about to be in the next minute. I want you to go and grab that book. Go sit down for me, you know, but I feel like when we've sort of had this time that is expected, they just know it's going to happen and it just prepares them for the right posture um, Mm -hmm. for the rest of the day. And so they just sort of naturally fall into the, those other subjects that would be, you know, more one-on-one. You know, I don't think we could say that too much. I don't think that we could say too often, you know, about how much morning time does get you in the right mindset for the rest of your day. And we talk a lot here about uh, the idea that before we ask them to produce something, we need to pour into them first. You know, we need to give them things before we ask them to uh to show us what they know. And uh, Andrew Pudua has a great quote about you can't get anything out of a mind that has nothing in it to begin with. And so morning time is where we can fill them up with all kinds of ideas so they can make those connections. So then they are ready to go on. Um, I love that you said that they weren't hiding from you about math. <laughs> you know, they were ready to do it. And I, I think that's one of the things that makes them ready are these beautiful subjects. So Heather, what about you? And I think it's also teaching them to order their affections, right? If you, you can't get out what you don't pour in and what we pour in needs to be worthy of getting out. And so you get to choose these beautiful books to read, these beautiful songs to sing. Even if you're not great at music, you should still sing. That's what Cindy says. So I'm going on with faith. (laughs) (laughs) We should still be singing, even if it's not great. There's so much out there and it varies. Through the years, we've read a lot of different things, but I find because I've got such a wide span of ages, we keep coming back to some of those main things, Narnia, um, Little House books, Genevieve Foster's um, history Mm -hmm. books. I love reading those aloud. Um, And it's fun to revisit them, but they're just so rich. And I feel like this, it's worthy of our time to repeat it as as they get older. Um, always doing poetry. I'm so grateful to Andrew Pudua. Um, we started that poetry back when Patricia was three, and it's never gotten old. It's Matthias is on his last poem, and oh. he's a senior. And I said, you can't graduate until you get this one memorized. <laughs> This is it. You have to memorize this. Um, it's just so rich and it helps to orient their thoughts on truth and on beauty and on goodness. And and then it, I think it helps their affections know what is right and good. And it makes me feel better. I know we've listened to some good classical music before mm-hmm. then my high schoolers go put whatever else they put in their ears. You know, I'm like, that's not <laughs> the music, but you did have Bach this morning. So, okay. <laughs> I'll give it to you. <laughs> so I think that's an important part. Um, math is important and grammar is important, but I think ordering their affections is a, a key reason to why we have them home. I love it. I love it. And I think that is a great note to end on. Um, So Heather and Brittany, thank you so much for coming on today and talking a little bit about uh, the fruit in morning time and how you can persevere and just, you know, everybody, I think, well, okay, I said that was a great place to end and now I'm going to say something else. (laughs) 
<laughs> but, you know, I think that the important thing to know is that we all have these fears. You know, whether you're a mom of three, you're a mom of four, you're a mom with young kids, or you're a mom of 10 and you've graduated a few, you're still dealing with doubts and fears sometimes. And so uh, just keeping on persevering, pushing through and having the faith that it's all going to work out in the end, I think is, is big, but we all have them, but yeah, just keep on pushing through. And I I did want to say, I didn't dig into, I know people are going to listen to this podcast and they're going to say, well, that Heather Tolley, what subjects is she doing in her morning time? Um, I'd really love a a really in-depth look at that. And I'm just going to tease the gather book for that to point you towards that particular resource is at pambarnhill.com slash gather. And uh, getting a, a peek into different people's morning times, I think, is a wonderful way to to kind of inspire your own. So thanks, guys, for coming on. Thanks so much, Pam. So encouraging. Thank you, Pam. And there you have it. Now, yes, that was a shameless plug there at the end for our new book. Heather and I got together and worked on Gather. You can find more details about that at pambarnhill.com slash gather. And I just think anybody who loves this podcast and who really enjoys listening about other people's morning times probably will enjoy reading about and looking at pictures of the morning times as well. And these morning time pictures are absolutely stunning. I can say that because I did not take them, Uh, but do go check that out. Now you can find a link to that and everything else that Heather and Brittany and I chatted about on today's episode of the podcast on the show notes. And those are at pambarnhill.com slash YMB112. Okay, we will be back again in a couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about how to have fun with memory work, even if you don't consider yourself a fun mom. And I will be joined by another person who doesn't consider themselves a fun mom, my good friend, Abby Wall. But we do have some really good tips for you. So until then, keep seeking truth, goodness, and beauty in your homeschool day.